This is the Skate Podcast, talking Bruins hockey with WEI Bruins writers Scott McLaughlin, Bridget Prue, and Brian DeFelice. Lace them up for some bees talk. It's Odyssey's The Skate Pod on WEI. Woo! Hello and welcome into episode 248 of the Skate Podcast. I'm Bridget Prue alongside Scott McLaughlin. Brian DeFelice, I honestly, I don't think we ever asked what he was doing tonight, but he couldn't join us. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, to yeah, we we did ask uh, him to be on the podcast, but uh, he was welcome. Yeah, he was invited back, but he said no. Um, he's busy, so that's what we're going with. Uh, the Bruins had a bounce back win against the Sharks, uh, three to nothing. A shutout for Jeremy Swayman. A few fights. Um, we'll get right to our opening shift. Scott, let's go to you. Yeah, I, I think Danton Heinen had another really strong game and has been playing well uh, since, you know, I've obviously didn't wasn't playing games right away because he technically wasn't under contract and, you know, had that whole weird PTO situation. But uh, since signing, he's up to seven points in 14 games now, which doesn't, you know, like jump off the page, but half a point per game from Heinen, I think is, is probably more than you anticipated. Like that's really solid um, third line, middle six type production. And he's just, you know, the goalie scores Thursday night, just a good shot. I thought he played a really good all around game forced some turnovers, uh, set up a couple other chances Um you know, after the game, Jim Mont- asked Jim Montgomery about him, and he said, like, he's just he's a really good player who's playing really good hockey right now, helping the team. He's helping his line mates. He's making guys that he's playing with better. Um, and I think you're just seeing, like, you, you can see him growing and see his confidence growing the more he plays for this team. Um, he's been all over the lineup. And now we're going to get into – you know, some of the new line combinations that they tried out Thursday night, but his, uh, his line with Potter and Brad Marchand was, you know, probably the Bruins' best line in this game. So, um, yeah, I think Danton Hyden deserves quite a bit of credit for stepping into this team and, you know, playing a pretty important role in, in producing and, uh, you know, filling, filling a need. I mean, this team needed some help on the wings and needed guys to step up, and he has so far. Yeah, and, and I definitely have a lot of things to say about that as well. Um, but uh, to just to get to my opening shift first, uh, huge difference between the physicality and the response to dirty plays uh, in from the Columbus game to the Sharks game. Uh, it was clearly a point of emphasis that you need to spark energy and stick up for your teammates. And that is something that the Bruins have done. Like, usually that's, kind of a staple of, of the Bruins team. But it, in that stretch of losses, it just didn't look like that was who they were. And you see uh, Trent Frederick get into a fight with um, Giovanni Smith, who was like had like 12 pounds on him. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go anywhere near him. But that's the kind of guy that Frederick was um, willing to drop the gloves against. And when we saw him after the game, uh, he had some bloody knuckles and some cuts on his face. But he actually did a decent job, I thought. He got himself back up and 
Yeah, I think he has a certain level of crazy in him that allows him to take a bunch of punches to the face and then just pop up and just and I say that in in you know in a positive way. I don't mean that as an insult at all. Like in in a fight, you have to have a little bit of an edge, and I say crazy usually helps uh, you win a fight. That's why I think I'd be good in a fight if I ever gotten one. But <laughs> if I ever decide to fight Scott one of these days, I think I have the I have the like bonus crazy that he couldn't handle. But I'm, um, I'm not I'm not putting that to the test. So yeah, well, no, we always threaten to fight each other pretty much every day. Like you said, you were gonna throw me in front of that rolling cart, like with all the Bruins equipment today. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's only that only happens when you either a mess with my popcorn or try to take mm-hmm. a photo of me taking a photo of my popcorn or eating or like or when you sing one direction to me so that, yeah but that's what makes you beautiful scott <laughs> <laughs> and by the way that's every day like i said i do one of those things or both of those things every game so anyway i would win uh and that wasn't the only fight it wasn't just me it wasn't just me and scott it wasn't just frederick and smith uh brad marshawn got into a fight 28 seconds after the Frederick fight um, wasn't as you know much of a fight, but you see the physical response in Marshawn was someone that we talked about last broad. I have called it a broadcast. It's because I'm usually on a broadcast um, last podcast that we thought Marshawn could be someone that could drag people into the fight. And he stepped up in that way. So physicality was much better than it was against Columbus. Yeah, and it needed to be like like we've seen that in spurts from this team this year where they've stepped up and kind of met um, you know another team's physicality or another team taking runs at them or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, thinking back to like the second Montreal game. You know, the first one they kind of got pushed around a little bit. The second one they responded. Uh, the Florida game, you know where the Panthers come out and they take runs at McAvoy and Bruins are maybe a little slow to respond, but eventually did. And Derek Forber was the one who dropped the gloves in that game. But then, yeah, certainly in this most recent stretch, they have not been very physical. Um, Just haven't been good checking team overall. And, you know, Jim Montgomery made, when he was talking about this on Wednesday, made sure to make the distinction between like, yes, we want more physicality, but we also just want to take away time and space, like just the actual literal hockey definition of checking um, of like slowing down an opponent. So I thought they did a better job on both of those things. They were more physical. Now they're playing the San Jose Sharks who have the worst record in the NHL. Like you, you should be able to check pretty well against that team and play pretty good defense. And for the most part, I think they did, Um, you know, a little bit of a slower start, but really dominated the second period and pretty much put the game away from there. Like two, nothing going to the third is, you know, pretty much lights out against a team like San Jose. Um, but yeah, it, you know, Giovanni Smith takes that run and March and hits him from behind and not long after Frederick kind of gets retribution. So you like to see that and you, you like to see the Bruins just, playing better hockey in general. Was it perfect? Was it totally dominant for 60 minutes? No, but it's a clear step in the right direction, even against a weaker opponent. Like this was much more the Bruins just playing the way that they have to play. Yeah. 
And, and so let's go back to yours because I have a lot of thoughts. Like, I think we covered the physicality just because it was kind of like, it's there, it's not. And it was there. Um, and it was from people that like Frederick, that's his role. Like he, he's kind of, that's been his defined role and he's comfortable in it. Marshawn, his role as a leader, it kind of falls on him to, to step up and, and stand up for his team as well. So to go back to yours, um, to look at, by the way, that, that Patra, well, Marshawn Patra Heinen line, and you can argue like which one's really the first line. That was what was listed as the first line today. So it was Marshawn Patra Heinen, Debraska Zaka, Pasta, the normal third line of JVR Coyle and Freddie, and then a fourth line of Blacko Beecher Geeky. Um, to stick to what the top six looked like, uh, Coach said that the Patra line with Marshawn and Heinen looked the best of anyone, which, you know, our own eyes said that as well, but he was impressed with the looks that they got. I thought that the chemistry looked like it was there and it hasn't at other times in the past with Patra and Marshawn, but him and Heinen have been working on the chemistry for a while because they've been on the same line. They had DeBrusque um, instead of Marshawn for, for a stretch. I like the look of it tonight. I just, I'm not a hundred percent sure it's a line that's going to produce long term like I'm not sure it's your your option that you keep but it looked good against San Jose yeah what I really liked about that line was the puck possession and just hanging on to the puck like Patra and Martian especially both had multiple times carrying the puck from like their own end into the offensive zone and, and taking the space that was there and not not just looking to like get the puck off their stick and make a pass as quickly as possible, but realizing there was ice there, there were there was plays to be made, there was a zone entry to be had, and holding on to it until something developed. So that was encouraging to see. Um, and again, Heinen's role in that line, like he helped win quite a few pucks back, and that was something that. Montgomery highlighted after morning skate on Thursday, you know, he mentioned that they track 50, 50 battles internally, like as a stat and Heinen at that point had won 64% of his battles this season, which is obviously very good. Like, you know, we don't know the numbers on everyone else on the team, but you know, if you're defining a 50, 50 battle correctly, then the average should be around 50%. So um wow scott really that, you got the math on that that there's your trip to advanced stats corner 50 <laughs> 50 equals 50 50 um, but yeah you know like we, we've seen this from heinen though he's he's been doing a good job winning battles on the boards winning pucks back and just making things happen um so yeah i i, I know i thought so montgomery was a little bit down, I guess, on the um, DeBrusque, Zaka, Pasternak line, or at least said, like, they were good in spurts, but he seemed like he wanted more. I actually thought that line was really strong. Like, I thought they had a really good game, too. Um, and, you know, I do think the advanced stats, like, backed that one up as well, because when they were on the ice, the Bruins had shot the Sharks 8-2, to two, and that line also scored a goal um, with... Uh, all three guys involved, Pasta, Nakazaka, to 
DeBrusque with, with a nice finish, backhand five hole. Um, Pasenak and Zach also combined for a power play goal. Like, so yeah, I thought both of those lines are good. And, you know, maybe the, like the line that had a quieter game a little bit was uh, the Van Riemsdyk coil um, Frederick line. Obviously, we, we already touched on Frederick's physicality, um, but like we know that line's been strong. That, that's kind of the one you're, you were least worried about. There's a reason Jim Montgomery cut that one together. So not really worried about them. And yeah, as far as like how the lines get listed, I honestly just like don't care. I mean, to me. No, and I just say I only said it because that's like one, like if I'm referring this episode to the first line, that's what I'm like, just for this episode, that's what, like, that was what it was listed. I mean, I would say, I think they do that because Martian's the captain. I mean, yeah, realistic, yeah. realistically, I think whatever line Pasternak is on is, is the first line. Yeah, but um, guess what? It was the best line today. So, you know, it, it's it, it's a toss-up. We've I think we've gotten to this discussion slash argument slash whatever, like every episode this season, because there's not like a defined, clear uh, line, especially when you break up Pasternak, um from Marshawn, so. Right, like, which is... That, it's a nice thing when they're playing well and, you know, and you have some balance. I do still wonder if like, you know, at some point do you kind of need more defined lines and like a clear top line that's kind of capable of stepping up and taking over a game on any given night? You know, do you need a clear second line that can, can score and like handle tough matchups? Like, I guess that's all, you know, those are all questions to be answered down the line, but really what's most important is just like finding combinations that work well. And then you can, I think you can kind of figure out roles from there and figure out who gets, who gets what minutes and what matchups and all that from there. Yeah. And and even in today's game, like you still saw third line, like playing its role. Like there were a few chances for, for coil you know, getting in front of the net. And then, and there was the fight from Frederick, which is part of the identity of that line. And, um, you know, Van Riemsdyk also plays a role on the power play away from those guys. So like they, they're still playing those roles, but not, not to get too far in the weeds with that. Um, I did see this the other day. So we have, we've had a quite a few comments on our last podcast. And one of them was about, like potential lines that I just want to open up real quick. So we have, so this is from George and uh, we appreciate George commenting on, I think like every podcast we've ever done. We see you. Um, His, his idea, which is completely different than what Jim McCowry went with today was first line pasta, Patra JVR, which is kind of an interesting one that I don't think we've really talked about too much. Second line of Coyle, Frederick, Marshawn. Um, and then DeBrusque, Zaka, Geeky as a third line, and Heinen, Beach, Lauko as a fourth line. Um, that one, I just feel like it's outside the box, but I figured um, it's not a mailbag episode, but, you know, we do like to respond to some of the comments we get. Yeah, that's... So that's not too, too different than, I think, what I pitched last podcast, which... Um, like I think I I probably had DeBrusque and JVR flipped. Um, yeah, I think I said DeBrusque with Potter and Pasternak, but 
Um, yeah, I did think I did think it was interesting that Montgomery went back to Zach and Pasenak being together because, as we had talked about at, in Monday's game, Marsha and Zach and Pasenak all ended up on different lines, and I thought he might keep it that way since those three together had struggled so much, but. You know, it, it certainly says something about what he thinks of Zaka and Pasternak together. That he went back even after you know Zaka had probably one of the one of his worst games of the season, maybe the worst game he's had this year. Um, and I thought he was he was better. That that line was better as we've talked about. So, you know, you can see like where he's trying to find at least kind of like those duos that can stick together, and then. You know, maybe you can move around the third piece sometimes. And obviously he likes Zaka and Pasternak, so not too surprising that he went back to that. And obviously they, you know, they rewarded him. They had a strong game. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that the idea, too, that George had was to put a strong net front guy on the same line as Pasta and Patra. Maybe, like, that gives – because we know how heavily Pasta is guarded every game. Um, but maybe taking away the eyes of the goalie the way that Van Riemsdyk can, you know, maybe that changes the dynamic. Um, so I, I see the point there. Um, and maybe we'll see it at some point because Montgomery just rotates through. So maybe we will see it, but we haven't seen it yet. Um, so, yeah, and someone asked Montgomery after the game, like, are you going to stay with this for a while or are you going to – and I'm just laughing in my head like, He's going to switch it tomorrow. Like, it's going to be different. And it's just what happens at this point. Like, it's just like my brain is just keeping track of all the changes in game and like trying to take stock of, oh, I like this from this line and this from that. It's very confusing sometimes. It's like trying to keep track of so many moving pieces. Yeah. I mean, he had stuck with the previous combinations for really almost like a couple of weeks, at least as far as, you know, the, top three lines. I think, I think there was a little rotation on the fourth line, like with geeky coming back into the lineup and whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I would say certainly after Thursday night, like you at least give these combinations another game uh, and give them, you know, a chance to grow and, you know, just to swing it back maybe one more time to Heinen. Like I remember when, when I tweeted the lines from practice on, on Wednesday, the most common response was like, oh, they clearly need another top six win. Because I think the way I listed them was, like I said, like Pasenak's line is the top one. And then I put Marsha and Patra Hein in second. But it's like, again, like don't get caught up on like who's listed where. They're just looking for combinations that work. And people were like, uh, like Heinen's played well, but he can't be a, a top six winger. And it's like, yeah, maybe not in the classic sense, but if you're again, like if he's playing as well as he has, and by the way, he's kind of producing like one of their top six forwards right now. Um, he is currently tied. He's currently fifth in five on five goals per 60 minutes on the team. And he is fifth in points per 60 minutes at five on five. Which, so, by the way, Scott has to qualify it with the points per 60 minutes because he missed so many games <laughs> earlier well, in the season. Yeah, I mean, that, and it's also, I think it's just the best way to get everyone on even playing field anyways, because obviously some guys um, play 
more minutes mm-hmm. per game. So yeah, and some guys, by the way, here's here's a fun little trivia question for you. Who leads the Bruins in five on five goals per 60 minutes? Charlie Coyle. No. No, Charlie Coyle is second. Um, He's actually tied. It's there's a three-way tie for second, and Coyle's part of it. Is this an obvious answer? Uh, like, are we no, at- no, it's yeah. not. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think anyone would get it. It is Johnny Beecher. Yeah, because he's not out there for power play penalty kill. He's like, that's what he's that's what he's out there for. Five on five mostly. Yeah, he's good. I think I think it's what three five on five goals in you know a little over 180 minutes. So that uh, or four actually, yeah, all four of his have come on five. On that's five, like so. is that like when you have like great face off stats because you only took eight face offs. And you won seven of them and everybody else has taken a (laughs) hundred. I mean, it's, you know, it's still credit to him though. Like it's still almost 190 minutes. So like, yeah, that's well behind like 260 from Coil and Zaka, but I I just found it interesting. And, um, you know, is a little bit of a a credit to him. Like, obviously if you're going to get a, you know, fourth line center who has four or five on five goals already, that's, it's pretty solid. And I would say, you know, you said the the internal stat that they track, which I would be very interested to see the numbers that the Bruins have for the 50-50 battles one stat that you mentioned earlier. I'm willing to bet that Charlie Coyles is pretty high in terms of, like, his control, w- the way that he always get like wins puck battles. And, and I, I'm willing to guess that his is probably highest or close to it. He's got to be top five. Yeah, I would I would assume so as well. Think then think I should ask Montgomery who's last on the team. Think it'll give me that. I just want him to show us the notebook, like just like or the spreadsheet or whatever it is. Just forward that to us. I, I would love, yeah, I would love like to just get like a couple hours like looking at their their internal metrics because they they use a lot of stuff that like is available to the public, but they also have so much else and it's you know, I mean, they have like they have a whole analytics team, and it's it's fascinating because it's like first Montgomery has to decide, okay, what do I value? Like, what, what does he want to look at? Want to use? Want to know? And then, how do you like translate that to the players? Because you can't just throw a bunch of numbers at players. So, like, then it's up to him to kind of distill it into actual hockey terms and in terms of like what that stuff looks like on the ice. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised that like, there's not a more public effort somewhere to track like five on five battles. I know it'd be tough because it's like very subjective. 50, 50 uh, battles. Yeah. Whatever. 50, yeah. 50, battles. 50% battles. I, I thought I was the one with only one brain cell working, but you know what? I'm doing okay. No, I was doing yeah. this before. <laughs> I was doing that before uh, when Scott was trying to look up some stats. But um, anyhow, it's very late, by the way, when we're recording this. It's midnight right now. So that's why we're acting like this. Uh, And we both, yeah, we both just came back from the garden. And I got stuck in traffic at 11 o'clock. Good job. Good job, Massachusetts. Um, What was I saying? Oh, so I had to, uh, I was going to say, Scott, if 
if this whole writing thing doesn't work out for you or this whole podcast thing doesn't work out for you, maybe that you could go into Bruins analytics department. I think that might be a good fit. And then you could, then you could share me the spreadsheets. Now then, then I'd have to be, then I'd have to keep state secrets. Can't, can't leak anything. But like, I won't tell him it was you. <laughs> All right. So we have one last segment before we both lose our mind. We're going to get to it. Um, so because this is normally the time of week that we do who's up, who's down. Uh, we had, because there's such a huge difference between the two games this week, the Columbus game and San Jose game, we're kind of more doing like a recency bias towards the comeback in the San Jose game. So who looked like they bounced back? Scotty, who's up? Well, one we haven't mentioned yet, uh, but Jeremy Swayman responded really well uh, after getting pulled Monday, which, you know, wasn't entirely because of his play. Obviously it was, well, it was mostly to spark the team, but he, he had also looked shaky on, at least one of the goals and, you know, maybe, maybe another shot in there. Um, but Montgomery goes right back to him and he gets a shutout, uh, stops 26 shots. You know, I don't think he was super heavily tested, but there were some tough chances in there. Um, you know, and well, he, you know what, it could have gotten, it could have gotten a lot more difficult, but that, but the five on like when usually when you try to kill off a five on three, you're going to face some decent shots, but for whatever reason, San Jose just really wasn't moving the puck very well in the, their five on three power play. And there was a few block shots and it was a good, I mean, yeah, it was a great that, spot. That the reason for that is they suck. They're, they're just not a good I, That's the end. That's what that's. Just, I mean, I mean, credit, credit to the Bruins penalty kill, obviously like that. It was a really good five on three kill, but the, the sharks, they're not very talented. They do not have a lot of weapons. Yeah, and that's or poor David Quinn and Mike Greer, my 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 BU brothers. Oh man, yeah, no, there was a billion BU people in the press box today. By the way, you guys looked way too happy up there. Well, that's because um, San Jose's BU West, so everyone's going to come out. Yeah, well, they did, um, and so you're. We have a few ups. So you say Swayman is one. I say I'll I'll start with Patra. I think Patra Patra had a really good setup on the Heinen goal. He had just throughout the game a few good setups. He had it. He took the shots he needed to take. He didn't score, but when he had an open lane to shoot, he you know he did what you wanted him to do. He puts the puck on net, and he even at the very end of the game when it was already like over there was only like 10 seconds left he got another snuck another one in that almost looked like it could have been a a pretty decent scoring chance I thought that that line we mentioned as a whole was very good but Patra is part of that Patra is a good playmaker he facilitates um and we we saw him be able to set up Heinen and that led to that goal so yeah and points and back-to-back games and you know that's that's the kind of thing like his goal in that Columbus game doesn't matter in the game like the Bruins were down by so much but for him like to get his first goal in 10 games it's good to see that go in and and just to you know feel like you're starting to get something going and then you add in the assist tonight so yeah that you know and I think what's always impressive about him is like no matter 
even when he makes a mistake, uh, you know, like he had one of the Rangers game that leads to a goal. He just always looks confident when he comes back and, um, you know, is willing to hold on to pucks. You saw him take a couple hits to, to make plays on Thursday. So yeah. One of them, yeah. he drew a penalty and guess what? He stuck yeah. up for himself. He stuck up for himself after that. He grabbed Burroughs by the head. <laughs> like He tried. All right. He tried. Uh, it was part of a, a larger scrum that was happening in the corner, but he wasn't, you know, trying to shy away from it because he was sticking up for himself and some of the other guys, that was the same scrum that, that really sparked. And it was a few minutes later, but the, the Frederick uh, Smith fight, like there were some liberties taken in that, that scrum. So yeah, pa- Patra overall, uh did what did the best he could with the, the minutes he had and the situations that he had um so i know who your other up is because you're writing about him you're writing an article about him tomorrow yeah i mean we already we already covered heinen quite a bit but he would obviously be an up i would also i guess just to round out that line Marshand was certainly down for several games um and if you just look at the box score, this makes it five straight games without a point for him. Now, eight games without a goal for Marshand. So in that sense, I think, you know, he's still down until he gets on the score sheet. But I think you saw him play a much better game on Thursday. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about being involved physically, helping to drag the team into the fight, bringing that energy that, you know, we we had talked about in the last podcast. He didn't really seem to be be bringing. wasn't really doing much to spark the team. Well, he did. He had he had four shots on goal too. So, um, you know, and, and obviously he's he's the clear leader on that line. You know, whether or not, whether he's driving play or, or someone else is, um, he's he's the captain. He's the veteran, and he's you know kind of bringing Potter and Heinen along with them. So certainly a step towards being up for Marshand, even if, um, you know, on, on the whole, he might still be down right now. Yeah. And, and I, you want to know what I noticed today? And we, we mentioned that he hasn't been crisp on the passes. Try I, like trying to take stock of the passes that he makes that get picked off. He's, he's trying to force stuff. That's not there. Like it, he, the turnovers will go way down for him. If he just picks the right pass like he's trying to do a little bit too much he's trying to go from the corner to the opposite point with passes um he's trying he's trying to force things that the the passing lane is just not there um and even on the power play uh so I just feel like there's a like an easy way for him to cut down on those uh, turnovers because if you just look at back at the tape the ones he is turning the puck over on are passes that are something it's just it not the not the easiest option and, and not necessarily it's just kind of forcing it. Um I will go to my down somewhat related. Uh and this is not a person. In general, special teams have not been as good for the Bruins recently. And they're losing streak, the penalty kill didn't look great. Um and the the power play hasn't either. And there is a power play goal by Zaka in today's game against San Jose, which, but that was kind of on the rush. It wasn't because there was like set up zone time. And like, it, it, it came as Zaka just had speed t- towards the net and did a great forehand backhand move scored. Um, but in general, that top power play unit against San Jose 
was having trouble getting into the zone. They were turning pucks over. They were they, at uh, one during one of the power plays. Montgomery put the second unit on only at, like 30 seconds in um, because they just they weren't getting a lot done on the power play. Yeah, that, I was gonna say like that that goal. Yeah, it's more on the rush than than an end zone setup, but it came on a clean entry. There just weren't enough of those. Like too too many of like even before that ends up in the net that stood out because it was like, hey, Pasnak just got a completely clean entry. Like made a, a nice move. What you know went wide, got himself space, and too many of their other entries. It was like guys trying to skate through defenders like you know make deeks at the blue line it's like it shouldn't shouldn't be that hard you know especially against san jose like you shouldn't have to be you know it shouldn't have to be pasanak or martian like dangling around a defenseman in order to get a clean entry like that that means you ran into trouble like that some something went wrong if that's what you're going to so um yeah definitely definitely work to do there uh my down would be Matt Grizzlick, who I don't think has been great since coming back. Now, some of that might be that he's still, you know, getting up to speed, working his way in or, or whatever. You know, it's only been three games. Um, but we saw him, you know, pulled off the pairing with McAvoy because those two did not really get like their usual chemistry back right away. Um, you know, they'd been on the ice for a couple goals against and were struggling overall. So he starts Thursday's game with Brandon Carlo. And I think they eventually started playing pretty well. But early on, the Bruins were like actually getting kind of caved in when they were on the ice. I think shots on goal when that pairing was on the ice was like 8 1 San Jose at one point. Um, and Grizzly just looked. I just think he's looked like a little slower moving the puck than, than what we're used to. Like he's, his timing's just not quite back yet. He's kind of held on a little too long and ended up in, in traffic or under pressure. Um, it's, you know, I don't think we've seen him all that involved offensively yet since returning. So, um, you know, it's again, like there's time for him to work back. There's time for him to get going, but so far, he hasn't really hit the ground running since returning. And and I just want to bring the, this like point up because I think it's relevant. Grizzlick is coming back in a time where the Bruins really didn't have any practices, and you know, he, so he hasn't had time to get up to speed necessarily the same way you normally would because would their where their schedule wasn't allowing for practices because of travel. Um, they hadn't had really time for him to to work in, into practices. And I know that when you're coming back from injury, as much reps as you can get, whether it be in-game or practice, really helps a lot to get back up to speed. So just putting that out there. Um, so that's our ups and downs. I'm going to throw a quick up in here, DeBrusque. And I don't, I don't even feel like I need to explain um, that, you know, he's he scored. Um, he made a great pass to Pasternak right before he scored. It was like some sort of like, it was almost like a Hail Mary that he threw into space and knew Pasternak was going to be there. And I was like, oh, wow. So they they definitely have done this before. Like they look like they they were completely on the same page for a pass that 
it could have gone wrong, but it didn't. And it ended up in the goal because um, then it goes pasta to Zaka back to the rest. Um, and so they look and they look good on the rush. So that's enough. Uh, but we don't really have time for much more. Um, the only thing I have left to ask you, Scott, is wait, I'm taking another one. What is your Spotify wrapped? What is your Spotify wrapped? So here's a little fun fact about me. I am an Apple music person. I barely use Spotify. <laughs> then you, you're missing out. I don't really think I am. You're missing out on the wrapped and you love advanced analytics, man. Like, do they do that on Apple music? They, they do some. So I don't think it's available yet. Last year they did something somewhat similar. Um, but yeah, a- Apple music, like I'll, I'll, I'll ride, ride with that. I don't like supporting Apple, but you know, I mean, Spotify is not a, a whole lot I, better. Um, I told Andrew, uh, another one of the Bruins writers, I, I told her what mine was and she, she's like, I listen to CDs and I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, All right. So you probably don't know what the stats are, but it's definitely Hanson for her. Um, well, yeah. which I can't say anything because my two, uh, three of my top five are Harry Styles, One Direction and Niall Horn. So I cannot say anything at all. I mean, honestly, like mine would probably just be Bruce Springsteen. So I'm going even, even older and less current. Um, I would say for newer stuff though, like you get Boy Genius in there, really like the album they put out this year. So I don't know. And Probably. number one song for Scott was That's What Makes You Beautiful by One Direction. I don't think that's accurate, but well, I, I did I did like that song you, before you before you, you can't all prove time, that so. it's not. You can't prove that it's not. So just saying. All right. Are we good? I am, uh, my very I'm, last thing, the quickest fashion segment ever. But I love I love those sharks uniforms that they wore. I love one, love the teal. To the teal helmet on those road unis. Loved it. Really, really, really good look. Sharks, bad team. But for, for years, like they had like they had the right color scheme, but bad jerseys. And it was like, guys, how can you not figure this out? But I, th- I think they've got it right now. They the more teal, the better. And uh yeah, that that's it. Also, by the way, tonight was the uh anniversary of the Joe Thornton trade, and we got Bruins, Bruins, Sharks. So that was, you know, that was good scheduling. Not that I think anyone really cared because it's the Sharks and there is. It was not on purpose. It's just going to be, it's coincidence, right? Yes, I would assume so. There's no way that they were like, you know, what's going to be a big seller. (laughs) Oh, by the way, they're playing the worst team in the league and it was full. Like the crowd was full. I don't know what the ticket price was. I assume it's not the same as, you know, Toronto or, or anything like that. Which I've been, speaking of which, I've been waiting for them to get Joe Thorne in the house at some point because he's on yeah. the All Centennial team. Like he's, you know, he's you not know. around. He's not. He's he's not around. Um, I'm not sure he super associates his career with Boston. I don't feel like he's. You know, that, that's not. It's been a while. He's played on other teams. I think he enjoyed playing for more. Um, uh, so one last thing. Bruins Toronto in Toronto Saturday. Um, and 
I think I'll be able to watch it. I think I'll be out of my broadcast in time, hopefully, to watch it. And then hopefully jump on a podcast with you guys in the busiest week of my life um, this week. So, uh, oh, watch me on Nessun Friday and Saturday. Uh, UConn men Friday, UConn women Saturday. Shameless plug. Scott, I'm talking to you. Um, I'm going to watch. Yeah. All of my... Yeah. All of my... The, the College Hockey Entertainment Center set up for Friday night. Mm-hmm. It will be quizzed on on Saturday. So, anyway. Next game, Bruins-Toronto. Saturday, then they're back at the Garden. Monday, who's that against? Uh, Columbus. Sunday, so, yeah. Sunday against Columbus. Yes. By the way, t- Toronto... Uh, Mitch Marner hat trick Thursday night. They beat the Kraken in a shootout. The the Maple Leafs just keep winning in overtime and shootouts. They have they have five regulation wins in twenty one games, but they have seven additional wins in overtime and shootouts, which is just crazy. Old strategy. Like, old strategy. <laughs> yeah, like not not the most sustainable. I think you know ideally you you'd want to win more games in sixty minutes, but. Toronto also a little banged up, especially on defense. Mark Giordano going down, so. And uh, Montgomery already know, like already someone already told him uh, at some point during the Bruins game that they put Marner and Matthews back together, and he's like, "I gotta, I might change my lines to match up with just just after he sees what Toronto gives." So or I think, was, or was it Nylander? Oh yeah, it was Nylander. Yeah, so he's yeah. like, yeah, and so he noticed. Toronto might have changed their lines, and he's so he's willing to change his lines again. Is basically what he was saying in the in the post game press conference today against San Jose. He, he shouldn't. That's my advice to Montgomery. Stick stick with these lines for at least another game. Well, not gonna happen. All right, Scott, are we good? Yeah, everyone, we'll see All everyone done. after Saturday's game against or, or- well. Potentially, I don't, so. don't want to make. Uh, yes, as I said, I don't want to make any promises. We because it, it might be after Sunday. It might be after Sunday's game. Well, yeah, you'll we'll get to you. Yeah, we'll 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 do something. All right. Um, so uh, I guess it's time to sign off, and I can go to bed now. So bye. Uh, bye. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey guys, thanks for watching the Skate Podcast. If you want to see more of our videos, visit our playlist. Not in front of a screen. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on social media. And if you enjoyed this video, please don't forget to give us a thumbs up, subscribe to our channel, and leave a comment.